Hello and welcome to the third episode of How Did We Get Here, a podcast in which we analyze different music genres and movements and their impact on society and today's music industry. So, with the past two episodes, we managed to cover rock and roll, a little bit of classic rock and psychedelic rock. But trust me, we're far from ending our rock-related episodes and this one will also be one of them. As I've mentioned in the last podcast, today we're going to talk about the most significant three days in rock music history, or maybe even in the whole history of music in general. Uh, more precisely, we will be talking about the Woodstock Festival that took place in 1969. This episode is going to be a slightly different from the other ones in a way that it's going to be less technical and more just about uh, enjoying live performances, because... Uh, today, not only we're gonna listen to uh, songs that were played at the festival, but uh, at the actual performance that took place during the festival. And to show you a little example of how this will sound, and just to begin the episode with, I'll play Peace of My Heart by Janis Joplin, that was recorded on the 16th of August, the second day of Woodstock. So, how did Woodstock begin? What was, what was it really about? What attracted more than half a million people to this event? The festival was organized by four young producers that were all age of 27, and as you can guess, that they were not very experimented in organizing a festival. The main idea of Woodstock was to offer three days, uh, a three-day opportunity for people to escape into music and spread a message of unity and peace with the biggest musicians of the time. However, uh, many artists in the beginning declined to perform at Woodstock. Among these people, um, we had Led Zeppelin, Bob Dylan, The Birds, The Moody Blues, The Doors, and etc. Just, I mean, imagine how better Woodstock would be with these, with these performers. But uh, after Credence Clearwater Revival accepted the proposal, Many famous artists started to agree with taking participation in the festival. We'll talk about the, um, the line later on. So uh, one thing that we know about Woodstock is that it was very, very poorly organized. Firstly, uh, the land where the festival took place was found only one month before the festival. Instead of an estimated amount of 50,000 participants, due to a lack of security and ticket selling, about half a million or even more, maybe one million people, we still don't know to this day, came and most of them did it for free. Because of this, uh, not a huge amount of num people, sanitary measures were also not followed. There were not enough food, toilets and sleeping places. In addition to this, uh, on the days of the festival, there was a lot of rain. Since the stage was badly done and uh, there were a lot of wires, artists had big changes of being electrocuted. 
there was mud everywhere and the land was completely destroyed. So from what, from what I just told you, you can now think that Woodstock was a huge mess. But this, despite this bad organization, uh, the music and the peaceful atmosphere saved the whole festival. Everyone was helping and embracing each other. And surprisingly, no violence was recorded during the whole festival. So uh, let's finally talk about the music. On Friday, August 15th, the first day of the festival, most of the musicians were folk artists. Um, I'm going to talk more precisely about what folk rock is in the second episode. Oh, so the fourth episode. We'll see that later. So it was, as we can consider it, the calmest day of Woodstock and also with the smallest amount of people. Uh, the lineup of that day consisted of Bert Summer, Sweetwater, Melanie, Tim Harden, Ravi Shankar, and Joan Baez. Uh, but right now we're not going to listen to all of them, of course. But from this list, I really want to draw your attention to Tim Harden, Ravi Shankar, and especially Joan Baez. So uh, let's first listen. Let's yes, let's first listen to um, Tim Harding's performance at Woodstock of the song called If I Were a Carpenter, which, uh, in my personal opinion, is a very good example of what folk rock sounds like. If the tinker were my trade, would you still find me carrying the pots I made So uh, the next performer, uh, Ravi Shankar, was briefly mentioned in the last episode. And uh, what is very surprising about him is that he is a performer of traditional Indian music. I firstly heard about him in the song called Monterey from the album The Twain Shall Meet, in which Eric Burden, uh, the lead singer of The Ma Animals, says, and I quote, uh, Ravi Shankar's music made me cry. And uh, well... I don't know for me if it makes me cry, but uh, everyone judges for themselves. And now I'm going to play also a little uh, part of Ravi Shahar's music. After that, the first day of Woodstock was coming to its end, and Joan Baez was the one who closed it. After watching documentaries and doing my research, I realized that uh, her performance was considered, was considered as one of the most beautiful of the whole festival. It was dark outside, and the only spotlight was on her with her guitar. Everything was quiet, and everyone was just mesmerized by her. Made a sand, made a sand. 
This song is called The Last Thing on My Mind. So most of the people nowadays remember Joan Baez as Bob Dylan's girlfriend and muse. But her solo career is as beautiful, and I strongly advise you to listen more to her music. Uh, as another song of the same performance, I'll play Hickory Wind. Of Hickory So after Joan Baez, the Thursday was over. But many more was waiting for us on Saturday, the 16th of August. And this was a very long day for Woodstock. In total, 14 bands played that same day, and most of them were the ones that made Woodstock famous. Um, all right, so the first recording that we will listen to uh, from this day was Santana's performance of the song called Persuasion. And after Santana, the stage was given to Mountain. And finally, it was the turn for Clearance Clearwater Revival to perform. The band that, as we can say, made Woodstock possible. Most of you probably know them for the song Fortunate Son, uh, but sadly they didn't perform it uh, at Woodstock. So instead, I'll play Born on the Bayou.
Right, so <laughs> I don't know why I chose a part without singing. So uh, let's also listen to Bootleg by Cl Credence Clearwater Revival from the exact same performance. And after that, it was Janis Joplin's turn. At that moment, she separated from Big Brother and the Holding Company and performed with other musicians. We already listened to Peace of My Heart in the beginning of this episode, so I'll play another song called Cosmic Blues. You know what I mean, man? If you don't know what I mean, you will soon enough. <laughs> So... Alright, so now I am very excited to talk about the next band that performed after Janis Joplin, and it was Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, first of all, Sly and the Family Stone was not a rock, but soul and funk band, and it was very unique at the time for its ethnic mix of participants, and they also used a massive variety of instruments, which made uh, their music even more famous. So as the first example, I play, uh, yes, I will play dance to the music, by Sly and the Family Stone. And as another song from this performance, I'll play I Wanna Take You Higher.
the next band to perform, and I think from now on you already understood it, it's my favorite band, and it was The Who. Uh, in 1969, uh, it was a very important year for The Who, because it is in this year that the band showed their big impact and significance in the music industry. With the release of the first ever rock opera entitled Tommy, they climbed, they climbed to a whole new level. Six years after, in 1975, they will eventually film Tommy the movie with big musicians such as Tina Turner, Elton John, Eric Clapton, and of course the band members. So Roger Daltrey, Pete Townshend, Keith Moon, and John and Whistle. So uh, the recordings that I'm going to play, the two of them, uh, are both from this rock opera Tommy, with the first one being Pinball Wizard. And now we will listen to See Me, Fail Me, also from, yes, as I said before, the same album. Uh, the Who's concert was the last one on Saturday, but the break between Saturday and Sunday was very short because Jefferson Airplane, the first band to perform on the 17th of August, started very early in the morning. Since in the last episode I did a pretty detailed analysis of White Rabbit, their most popular song, we're going to listen to Somebody to Love, their second biggest hit. Uh, personally to me, I prefer Somebody to Love. Uh, to White Rabbit, but, well, it's very subjective.
after this, after this, yeah, many other artists uh, played, like Blood, Sweat and Tears, Shinana, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Johnny Winter, and many others. But the most important performance of this day, which also was the last performance of the whole festival, was with Jimi Hendrix. At the end, he played the national anthem of the United States in a way to criticize the government for the huge and brutal involvement of the Vietnam War in the Vietnam War. Uh, if you remember from the f- uh, last episode, I said that the hippie movement was uh, one of their main values was to be in opposition to this involvement. And this is also what did Jimi Hendrix in this song. Slowly, the anthem starts to sound like a battlefield and becomes violent or even frightening. This is a perfect example that sometimes you don't need words to express your opinion. Music can do the job. Just listen for yourself. end even uh, when you think that Woodstock was a complete mess in terms of organization and had a debt of million dollars uh, after we still consider it has it has, sorry we still consider it as the most important festival even nowadays it was a peaceful celebration of life joy and music and connected people on a new level sadly I would also say that Woodstock closed the era of psychedelic rock and the hippie movement It was the end of the 60s, but the upcoming 70s didn't disappoint us either. And this is why in the fourth episode of How Did We Get Here, we'll go through all of the different derivatives of classic rock that we experience in the 70s, from metal to glam rock to folk rock, hard rock, and etc. But now, as to give you a little taste, uh, I'll play a song of hard rock. And of course, when we talk about hard rock, we will directly think of Led Zeppelin. This is Good Times, Bad Times. Thank you so much for listening until the end of this episode. 
This is How Did We Get Here, episode 3, Woodstock 1969. My name is Nastya and see you next time. Yeah.